and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast and Video Lounge. Of course, I have this beer, metal, and swearing. I am Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical, joined by my wonderful co-host, the Ed McMahon to my Johnny Carson, as he puts it himself, the human thirst trap, Keefe Charisma. How are we doing today, buddy? What's up, brother? Let me give you the double horns for that intro. All righty. I'm going to drop my beer check first because it's been a long day. You go so, right ahead. I am rocking a Second Shift Brewing Technical Ecstasy, which is a Czech-style Pilsner. We like the Czechs, and we like the Pilsners. Oh, a hard-body Czech is the best thing in a hockey game. Yo, fats. Did you see that cool pour? I was like, that was really good, like a one shot. No, I didn't see me like doing this thing with it. Yeah. Okay, cool. I have a, both Nick and I have completely brand new setups for the first time ever at the exact precise time. Nick has moved into his new abode. Congratulations, Nicholas and family. Oh my God, it was awful last week. I was on vacation and I could not wait to get back to the office. It was so much better. That's crazy. Um, but your room looks amazing. You are in the music room, in the music lounge at uh, Casa I'm, de Cameron. I'm actually now calling it the spinning room. It was the sitting room, but I've decided to like get edgy with it. So it's the spinning room. Is that a little window crawl space that you could stick a dead body in over the top of that no, thing? No, this room has two doors, a door on either side. Mm. And I figure I don't need two doors, but I do need somewhere to stick all this business yeah uh, you may notice all this business you at home are not seeing the, the entirety of it and there's actually going to be more on the other side we i actually got a great story about that before we get to the, the vinyl check this week i have to do my uh, beer check well you go oh, ahead. i'm sorry no do the beer check. I, no i mean like i called to attention that you have a whole new room i have a new angle and setup so you folks watching at home will see me look off to my screen on the side at times to see Nicholas. And Nicholas and I, we feed off each other's reactions. That's what I think makes this a fun thing. And uh, yeah, so this is the same HQ room. I have had been doing this for, you know, doing these things for a long while. But now I have a new angle and I'm using a better camera setup. So hopefully this will make me look about 10% better than possible. Now, I, like, as Keithy put it, I am in my new home. <clears throat> we moved in last week. And one of the things about records and, and me, and this is actually going to set up my vinyl check perfectly, but I won't, I won't do that right away. Um, my father-in-law was a big, big vinyl guy. He had a huge number of records when he lived in Little Rock, Arkansas that were stolen. And he bought quite a few more when he moved back to St. Louis, Missouri. He was a big fan of big band and jazz and all that kind of stuff. And I know I've talked about my, my late father-in-law quite a bit on these shows, but, you know, he was a big part of my life. And I asked him God, forever ago when I couldn't really afford to buy records very often. And I'm like, can I borrow, you have Janis Joplin Greatest Hits, don't you? He's like, yeah, I got that. Okay, can I borrow it? And he says, no, I don't know if you'll treat it well. So I don't want to lend it to you. What really was the truth, as we pieced together after his passing, was he didn't know where it was. So we had the, we sold, we had the estate sale. We cleaned out the house of everything we wanted as a family that we were taking and no records. 
we couldn't find them. My wife specifically remembered albums, uh, Michael Jackson Thriller, The Carpenter's Christmas, Chicago something. It's got a brown cover. We couldn't find any of them. No Janice, no Cream, no nothing. And as we, the day after the move, the day of the move, she was over at the, the house where my, my in-law's old house where he lived, trying, you know, getting some stuff taken care of. And she get, I get a frantic text that says, oh my God, oh my God, I found them. Get over here now. Three giant boxes of records. And my vinyl check is actually going to come out. Most of my vinyl check is coming out of that box. Do we, do we get a total on that number of records officially or no, not yet? We did go through on Saturday night. We were in the spinning room listening to music because I didn't actually have the television set up in the house until yesterday. And it's not done. I still got to get the stereo hooked up to it. I mean, this is the only room that is as close to this as possible. You know, everything's a work in progress. Still, we just, I mean, we moved less than five days ago. But uh, we went through every box and I pulled out every single record and we had a wonderful time going through them listen to a couple it, it was a great night that is fantastic sir uh i see a bunch of funkos i see a lava lamp i see guitar picks i see a lot of metallica vinyl i thought you said you were going to do an array of your floyds but i guess not yet i haven't done that yet in the funko the the thing that about that i was going to do an array of my a lineup of all my copies of Pink floyd the wall Roger Waters, The Wall, and The Wall Redux. That's my favorite record. I was going to put them all up. However, in the meantime, between the time of hatching that plan and now, we purchased about 20 Funko Pops. <laughs> that is the real number. That is where they go. And they're all right there. Unboxed is- and everything. I like it. Like you yeah, actually touch them. Unbox everything. I don't, boxes are for suckers. They're for chumps. But on the front row, I've got Evil I Spock. Mean- I've got the tick. I've got Jerry the King Lawler. What 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 makes evil Spock? With a mirror beard? mirror Spock. Mirror mirror Spock. Hell yeah! I have a Spock also. It's out of reach right now, but it's Spock with the cat. I also got. Oh, excuse me. I almost ripped the headphones off my head. I also picked up the Gorn yesterday. Yo, you have so the Gorn. Gorn. You can see him. He's right. Uh, I got the Gorn and I got podcast from. Uh, from uh, Ghostbusters. So. Oh, nice! I love that kid. I love Gorn, dude. I love Gorn and the Gorn episode. Same. The trial, I think it's called, is Arena. Arena sorry, that music, that whole episode, Shatner's overacting. Oh, Gorn yeah. himself, fantastic oh, yeah. job. Favorite episode. The Gorn Me. back in Enterprise as a fully CG character. That yeah. Looked like that looked like Jar. It was like looking at Jar Jar Binks <clears throat> if you were a little drunk. It was. It was a failure. It was an abject failure, but I love I love TNG. I'm a fan. Same, um, but give me your beer check. We yeah, beer, beer check. Beer it up. Nothing special this week. Just another Fort Point KSA light and crisp Kolsch style ale is my favorite type of beer. This is arguably my favorite San Francisco area beer. They just opened a tap room not far from my house. Very when cool. time and money allows, I'm going to go hit it up. It's on the corridor where Metallica had their block party. Too bad it wasn't open in time for that. That would have been cool. Uh, of course, by the time I got to the block party, it was pretty much dissipated. But I don't know how that sounds. I'm in a different – I'm facing away from the microphone. <laughs> is now officially kind of a little behind me. But hopefully well, you can, I'm – You can see mine well, now. 
hopefully I'm well heard. I may I may have to move. I have two microphones. There's this deity over the shoulder of Alice Cooper's Funko in the box. And then there's my fine uh, podcast mic. Any of these mics are available mm. on our Amazons. But, uh, you know, um, cheers and beers. Cheers. Uh, for my vinyl check this week, I have three <clears throat> albums I pulled out of the boxes. The first one is Cream Disraeli Years. Amazing. If you don't like that record, you don't like music. Can I like Cream and not like Eric Clapton anymore? Oh, yeah, you can totally hate Eric Clapton. It's all about Jack Bruce. It's all about Jack Bruce. Ginger is also amazing. Um, I I once challenged the director of the Beware of Mr. Baker documentary to a fistfight because he disparaged John Bonham in my presence. But I agree that Ginger is incredible. And we also have... Great, great one. Her, in my opinion, her finest hour. Word. I'm, so, I'm a bit of a big brother in a holding company person, but that was, she She felt her best on that one. In terms I'm only, of I'm now only missing the first big brother record and I've got nice. all of her work. That's uh, crazy. And... Stella. Listen to still, this the other day. And... Still one of the biggest selling records ever. Uh, I think Eddie Van Halen was trending on Twitter today. And for whatever reason, it was like the thriller video Ooh. along with his hashtag, which is, you know, a great music video. And his solo is great. A lot of people no, think he that... can beat it. Uh, did I say thriller? I'm sorry. I meant beat it. And the album is thriller. Uh, not the thriller song. He's on. He only contributed the solo to... Uh, beat it. What people don't know is that Steve Lukather is actually playing the guitar riffs, which were not written either by any of them that were written by Ted Templeman, the producer. But interesting, incredible guitar solo. Luke also, apparently somewhere out there is a scratch solo that Luke did. Certainly would not have been Van Halen's choice of solo because two-hand tapping and, you know, neoclassicism that Luke is a different kind of guy. But I'd love to hear the Lukather Beat I it. Would. I would. One well. take someday. I have one last one to show off this week. This one came in the mail. This is the last record that was shipped to my old house. Oh, what is? I didn't quite catch that. What is that? It is the Maximalist by Megafauna. Okay. Let's they, let's do a thing for our podcast listeners listeners where we announce what the records are as oh, we hold, yeah, hold yeah, them yeah, up yeah. because totally. our podcast totally right. people cannot watch this video extravaganza. Uh, Megafauna is a modern rock band, and I mean that like literally, not you euphemistically from Austin, Texas. Uh, the singer is a lady. She is an amazing singer, but she is an even better guitarist. And this is a guitar, hard rock guitar record. She shreds all over it. And like a day, oh, her name is Danny Neff. I actually interviewed her on Glacially Musical a number of years ago. This album came out in 2014, it, and it is a spectacular, spectacular record. I finally got a copy of it on vinyl. Word. But, uh, um, I'm not familiar, but I'm going to try to get acquainted, as I like to say. 
And I might even go back and uh, check out that pod interview. I was a fan of your interviews before mm. we were even friends. It wasn't. It wasn't so. a pod interview. It was. Uh, it was a. Fan oh, interview. just a written. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Long time ago. Long On ago. the blog, perhaps. Yes. But uh, what are we? I am. I am. Yeah, I'm eschewing my vinyl check. Um. I'm going to eschew my vinyl check because we're going to unbox vinyl and listen to one on this episode, <laughs> like in real time for the first time ever, which is insane. Um, but also to say that I, I also have several cool vinyl things to reveal in our next episode. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to think, obviously, you know, I hate to bake frownies right into the beginning of the episode, but, you know, we have to discuss that Taylor Hawkins passed away. We have to. Um, he's agreed, agreed. Very sad. And, um, very, very unfortunate the way media and fans have reacted. Um, As it always and it, is. And... Hell, yeah. He, he is an incredible guy. He is an incredible drummer. He's a great singer. A great singer. Um, kind of Grohl's musical soulmate in Foo Fighters. Not the original Foo Fighters founding drummer, but basically the third guy after Grohl and uh, William Goldsmith, formerly of uh, Sunny Day Real Estate. Mm-hmm. And he came in and the funny story about him is that he didn't think Grohl didn't think Taylor would leave Alanis Morissette's band mm-hmm. to go be in Foo Fighters. And he was like, no, I want to be part of a band that and contribute as a writer and a you know performer and not just be a side guy, which is what he felt like he was going to be in Alanis Morissette's band. And she's great. Um, like, it's not about her, but I believe Taylor was in the band at the time when her band Basically, it was the it was going to be the follow up to Jagged Little Pill. They basically wrote an entire record on tour, and they had been playing some of the songs, and they recorded none of them. Yikes! Um, so yeah, I can believe that Taylor, and I mean he made the he obviously made the right choice, and you know the Foo Fighters became probably the biggest rock band in the last t- today. Years. Yeah, today, and um, not fifty. You know. Yeah, well, I would say at least 15 or 20. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last year. Uh, Guy was wonderful. Other bands sang lead in Chevy Metal. Um, Sometimes jumped on the drums also. uh, Sang lead at Foo Fighters shows. Actually, I saw Foo Fighters last fall at Bottle Rock Napa here in California. And as usual, Grohl will jump on the drums and Taylor will sing. Uh, I think Taylor was the drummer of Chevy Metal, but sometimes he would come out and sing like Under Pressure by Bowie. He had an incredible voice. He had his own solo band, Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Writers that have released a few albums. He had a few other projects he was working on. And uh, he played on a Coheed Cambria record, one of their best. He came in and played like progressive metal drums for them on one of their best records. And uh, the Good Apollo record that everybody jizzes over. Yeah, the the record for that band. Yeah. he's the drummer on it, and uh, and he might have even toured with them a little. Because oh, was that was when um, I forget the drummer. I forget his real name. But his his rap name is Weird Science. Was out touring with MC Lars. So yeah, um, you know what a loss for music. That's the main thing. It's not about how he went out. It's not about what drugs were in the system. Well, the preliminary reports or his past history with substances, that's just bullshit and doesn't matter. A wonderful guy, a husband, a father, a friend, a brother has passed away. He was a legend in rock and roll. 
and uh, we the world's a little less bright without him. I don't know. I don't think the band is going to quit. They're probably going to have to find someone else. They're not going to be able to find another him, but they're going to find someone. Um, I they canceled all their upcoming shows and festivals today. I don't as know when expected. they're going to as expected. I don't know when they're going to come back. If you know, they will. I don't think they're going to break. And Dave Grohl has said frequently, "I can't do anything else. I'm unqualified to do anything but make music and entertain people." So I don't see him retiring from music and dismantling the band. Even though Taylor was is almost an irreplaceable guy, but I just think they're going to take time off, maybe the whole year, the rest of the year, and uh, maybe recruit, you know, sort of give it another go in the future. And you know, there, there's no rule book for death and grieving, so whatever time nice. they need, take the time. But this is a dude who felt like the last couple of years when they weren't playing a lot, it was like a part of him died. So I really don't see Grohl quitting and not coming back as a result of this. Like he's gonna be, it's rough and he's had loss in his life. So this is terrible times 10, you know? So just, yeah, just rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. And, you know, my, manage your emotions and feelings fans when, when being these, these things happen, don't, you know, does it really matter if he overdosed or he just had a heart attack? Like, does it really matter? He's gone. That's one of the things I think your general fan of anything doesn't realize is that these are legitimate people they they are people with the same rights and expectations as you or I so just try to remember just try to remember that we are literally talking about a human being we are literally talking about somebody who is deeply missed by a lot of people who aren't fans right now yeah I'm I'm never good thank you Nicholas that was very well said I am never gonna forget that I saw this guy come out from behind the drums and sing my favorite Queen song and absolutely <sighs> murder, murder it in the best way. He sang Somebody to Love, and I'm never going to get to hear that again. And he crushed it. And actually, he was like as quippy and jokey as Grohl. He was like, Dave Grohl is the best drummer in the world at one thing. Uh, dr the drum fills, right? He was like a certain kind of drum fill. Dave Grohl is the best in the world. And the main song in the whole world that has this kind of drum fill is Queen, Somebody to Love. That that big, you know, that big ending and that big, those big between the choruses, drums, boom, 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 boom. The Roger Taylor grandiose, you know, all across the kit drum roll. So not to, what, a, what, what a shame. Not to change the subject too much. Let's turn Actually, that no, frown I'm upside down. To completely change the subject, <laughs> this is my link. Uh, hopefully, I am not uh, too awkward. I am not sitting in a chair like I'm used to. I'm sitting in a just a regular chair in the middle of the sitting room. I had no idea how I was going to do this, but since now we're doing video, I thought, you know what, I'm going to have the wall behind me because that seems cool. But let's switch gears a little bit and get yes. on to today's topic. Obviously, anybody, anybody, you know, who's looked at anything knows what we're talking about. But we both, now mine arrived yesterday. Keithy's arrived today. Just, we, just a few hours ago. We agreed to do a series on these and not open them until we were on the Zoom call. And when I made this deal, I'm, you know, it sounds so magnanimous. Mine got here first and I waited. No, I, I planned it differently because in my head, Metallica was shipping them from San Francisco. What really happened was Metallica shipped them from Michigan. So 
I expect Ferndale. Ferndale. Uh, any Michiganders out there know where Ferndale is? I Michigan's a ginormous it. state, so who yes. knows? I expected that Keefe was going to be have to be the one to wait for mine to arrive. I had to open it to be sure, a hundred percent, because I have a lot of stuff coming in, and um, I don't blame you. I some it. stuff has been sent back to sender, believe it or not, because labels were printed wrong, and did, uh, uh, I'll complain about that tomorrow. I yeah, slipped. yeah, I, did, I, yeah, I cut mine at the top. Just I didn't to make cut sure. it. I just popped in. So Keefe's got a better camera than me. So I am going to allow Keefe the honors for in perpetuity because theoretically we're going to be doing these episodes every three months for the next forever. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, so this is, yeah, so this is Metallica's vinyl club for 2022. I have a couple of vinyl subscriptions, including Gimme Metal, and those come pretty frequently. I probably could have a, skipped a few months. The last few months, the selections have been all right but not mind-blowing like some others. But uh, this is, you know, Nick and I both made the, we collaborated on the choice, like we should do the vinyl club and then do them as part of the podcast. So I think this is really, I think this is really cool. No, we don't need to, you know, foist more praise on Metallica, but let's see how they Maybe do. We they, if, if, if small independent boutique labels like Magnetic Eye, and the Flenser can do these, uh, Gilead Media can do these artful, interesting, value-laden vinyl clubs. Let's see what the biggest band in the world can do. It wasn't that much money. I understand that maybe we'll dis- debate the merits of the value of each one. Was this worth the money? But um, I think this is really cool. I'm really excited. I Here's love what I will I'm say so stoked. about, you know, the... the... This the the club was a hundred dollars. I bought the second most expensive level, which the only levels are shipping. Do you want to wait to have all of them shipped at once? Do you want UPS media mail or do you want you uh UPS? So I chose the second highest level of shipping, which is four shipments on UPS media mail. That's why the price is a little bit higher. I was pissed off actually. And, and walked away. I walked away from my, my cart because it had sh- a shipping charge on that. I thought that was horseshit. I, I, on a subscription service, there shouldn't be an extra shipping. I'm sorry it should be baked in. It should, it should be, be baked, baked in. in. As I fixed but my life. I, I bought it. Part of the reason why I jumped this year over last year was this year they switched to 12-inch releases, not 7-inch releases because I don't have a whole lot of 7-inch releases and I don't care for them to speak of really i never i never asked you about your turntable as i'm futzing with my light and so forgive me folks um i never asked you do you does your turntable automatically switch between speeds or do you have to manually there's automatic ones i don't know that's what i've been told mine doesn't change no i gotta change it so i've listened to a lot of doom metal at the wrong speed and you didn't even know Uh, half the time no you can't tell because it's probably so slow that Losing eight percent of this anyway, so I'm just gonna rip this thing open. And I'm you gonna open yours, and I'm gonna show mine. Like he can take care of his. Show shit. me yours, and I'll show you mine. Hey, uh, looks like there's no receipt in there. It's just a vinyl in a box. Very cool. I did the same. That I waited to open it up. Here is. I, I I believe you, and now I feel horribly guilty. Um, 
So this is the second ever year Metallica has done a sub. Now I do have a top light on my camera, so hopefully folks will appreciate and see. This is the front cover. It does look very similar to Injustice for All on purpose. Logo, color, and the font, and even the background looks like the Injustice for All Statue of Liberty, the Broken Justice. Mine oh. says on the back they're numbered. Did you see the picture in the iPad? The what are you asking? Yes, so yeah, it's an iPad. Yeah, so the front cover is an iPad with the Zoom basically sign-in pictures right. for James, Lars, Kirk, and Roy. Well, what's the background photo? Uh, like I said, uh, Justice for All, Lady Justice. Yeah, but as a human, not as yeah. It's a mod. There's a model. They use the model. Yeah. So yeah, I so like the background that. looks like the album cover, and then this is an actual human representation nick is very excited i'm really excited that these are numbered so if you look on the back cover mine says edition number five and i have number 2786 of who knows what 2786 you have 6570 that's funny because i thought you ordered yours first i did before i did first. i'm thinking that they um, let me i'm thinking they held this to the very low limited edition pressing of 100,000. I don't know. It's five. Is it seven places? Six places. So, so I think the most this could be is a. I don't think they're doing a hundred thousand. I think the most it could be is nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred. Yeah, that's probably unlikely. But I'm not against it. I'm just trying to open this guy correctly without damaging the vinyl. Um. So bear with me. I I typically have these open already. Now, when you when you get a new vinyl. A brand new vinyl. It's never been opened. A not used one. What do you do? Do you just rip the plastic off immediately? What do you do? Oh, yeah. I do this. Here. I just get it on the top. Are you watching? I am. I just rip it. Put you just rip it. In there. You just rip it. I feel like if I can't do this, I don't deserve to be a man. Um, it's a battle of wills. I saw a really good technique on the internet. I'll have to double back and do it again. So we fully pulling it out of the plastic? Is that what you do? Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, my, my. Nick has his out. Nick has his out. Let's see. I'll get mine out. So it comes in a book. What happened there? I dropped something. I think that's the download card. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Oh, it came with a little slip mat. Slip mat. How do you feel about foam slip mats, Nicole? I use an acrylic slip mat. Uh, period. And no no other me. felt or foam on top. Correct. It does come with a download card. I will yes. not show my code because I don't want you to steal it. Mine is the, in somewhere. Okay, so it came with a an inner an inner an outer inner sleeve. An outer inner sleeve with the pictures from the Zoom where they right. recorded this or or at least live streamed it. Right. That's so, cool. so we'll talk about the tracks in a second before we go listen to them. Is this what's in here? That's the there no, is, in, uh, on the back here. side, there is some text. I will read it. Go ahead. James had an idea. It kind of came out of nowhere. We were knocking on, the, knocking on the door of the pandemic. Had been somewhat inactive as a band for six to nine months and had just started connecting again via Zoom. James suggest, suggested we take a Talica song, give it a once-over reworking, and just kind of throw it out there to the world without any fuss or fanfare. 
an additional dare would be was that we would pass the song from one band member to another with no one knowing which track was coming. This was obviously a fresh approach, an exciting approach, and a very apropos approach considering the state of the world in April 2020. As you may know by now, taking the Metallica song, stripping it completely down to its bones, and reimagining it as one of our very fave guilty <clears throat> pleasures, and this version of Blackened will forever be tied to an awkward and particularly uncertain moment in time. We found that having music to fall back on in those instances provides an incredible sense of comfort and well-being. Beautifully said, Lars, always verbose with the words. Um, these are black vinyls, no custom colors. Yeah, I don't think that that, that was even an option. I love the, again, the old school Metallica font. Mm-hmm. These are um, 45 RPM, I believe. How do you feel about, how's your, uh, how do you, actually, I thought they were supposed to, yeah. Uh, how do you feel about, um, it's like a very strange cut on this guy, on the outer edge. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the playing, but I feel like this is which one not the best about? job on the edge. Even like very inconsistent. And the dead smooth. wax or, the, in, or yeah. the inside? The dead. It's not smooth. It's There's like little chunks missing out of it. This may be a shitty copy. I hope not when I play it. Let me see. Uh, I am going around the edge with mine. No, that's fine. Mine's fine. Well, there's mm-hmm. one little chunk missing. Right? Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't affect the play, but... No, it totally won't. Yeah, but then again, Metallica is pressing these on a level and a number in their own plant, mm-hmm. so there might be inconsistencies in a small... What I, I When I say small batch, a small batch for Metallica. Right. Um. So, this looks gorgeous, though. I'm ready to go. I'm stoked. Nick, do you want to discuss the track? just the track listing before we yeah the track listing is, this listen. is called uh blackened 2020 right so it's got two editions of blackened two 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 cop two versions so jason newstead's gonna get a couple of bucks for every one of these mm. sold, which is i think that's him. one of his few metallica songwriting credits actually i think he only has about three if even mm. that many you know he's got this yeah he's got one on the black album my friend of misery, I believe so for the bass solo, and where the wild things are on reload, and I believe that is it. Unreal. So it's got but Black yes. in twenty twenty, and then Black in twenty twenty live. So I'm gonna say that my I believe that that twenty twenty live can only be from two places, or three places ta- tops. I have to go look at the liner notes. They performed it on a live stream on Howard Stern. They performed it at their live stream Salesforce sponsored concert in September or, uh, I'm sorry, in um, November of 2020, forgive me. And then they did it a third time at like their acoustic benefit concert. Number three. Is that the one? That is the one. Okay. So there's the home version. The first version is the home official recording that they did. Right. They re this is technically studio. Uh, so apparently they each just recorded a chunk of it and put it together that way. Then there's one more song on here. Indeed there is. What is that song? Uh, third track, which I believe is unprecedented in the Metallica vinyl club and the previous four. 
Uh, it is Wood by Allison Chains. Now, I don't remember them covering this. I know that James has come out on stage and sang a cover of Wood with Allison Chains. Not well, but then again, who can sing like Lane and Jerry? Very few. Uh, as you know, Lane was a close friend to Lars and James. And Death Magnetic is dedicated to Lane Staley. Uh, and the entire record is somewhat about him. Moth to Flame is kind of about Lane Staley mm -hmm. and James's recovery and the fact that he's somehow still here and some of his friends are gone. Uh, so I'm really excited to listen to this. I do, as you know, I'm a massive Alice in Chains fan. So any cover of Alice in Chains is welcome, even if it's, you know, we'll see how, how they do. And uh, yeah, very interested to see. And here, uh, I all do the like the way they, they've chosen the tracks. I do wish it, I'm a little disappointed that it is two versions of the same song. You had feared this, actually. You, we were kicking this idea around on a previous pod when we announced that we were going to do this months and months ago, perhaps during the Metallica series or right after it. Oh, it was much later. It was much <clears throat> okay. Later. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, with they, the... they shouldn't really double up the versions. It's a kind of jip. They have so much stuff they could have put on here. But they I'm also not complaining. Allison Chain song to go the with co it. a cover, good, bad, so... or indifferent. Just in terms of the quality. Listen, I didn't know if we were going to get one song and one song. It's a it's a twelve inch single. Doesn't mean we are entitled to more than one song. We could have got one song and an etching. Anything is possible. So I'm I not was against expecting these. What, I was expecting these to be about nine to ten minutes per side. I was expect now the first this one seems very apropos to because Metallica has always been a kind of a sentimental band sentimental band they are always very conscious of their history very conscious of their personal history so as we are now hopefully for the second time coming out of the pandemic again this they are kind and Metallica is playing shows again and touring again so it would make sense that for the first one, they are going back to what they did during the pandemic. Um, I would also kind of hazard a guess the next one is going to feature something from the live concerts they streamed. That makes sense. Uh, they also, yeah, they did that big production, we'll mm -hmm. call it the parking lot concert with no one in it. Mm -hmm. Just the crew and the band. That is yeah, a thing we could probably get. Probably something from that. I would not be so. They did all this Black Album stuff. So I think it's entirely possible we're going to get some Black Album live cuts from the times they've performed them in the last probably year and a half. something like My Friend of Misery or The God so A deep Failed. cut, Struggle Within, a deep cut. Not, not the hits. That would be, I hope not. I would love to get Don't Tread on Me or, you know. I would not love to get that. Really? Oh, really? That's so I don't strange. Like the Black Album. Yeah, you don't. But anyway, good call on that. You're probably right. We're probably going to get something along those lines. Well, that's what Metallica um, does. Is they do. Uh, you know what? I'm going to use this slip map in a as my mouse pad. It would make a very good mouse pad. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think. I'll test that theory out in a second. I'm gonna say that I think. Just just again, haven't heard it yet. But I'm going to say that I think that this is a good start, having not heard them yet. This is a good start to the series. I, you, what we are getting a new version of a old school classic song, or I don't think of Black and the first song on the album is never a deep cut because everyone has presumably heard it. So 
Um, it's it's a deeper cut than it, than one, and a deeper cut than say Harvester of Sorrow. This is something only really played on one or two tours consistently. That, no, I would call well, they always a, did I, it in the medley, the ride medley, the kill ride. Right. I would call and Justice medley. I would call this a deep cut because and it's a, and it's a new version of an old song, and it's a really a fir- the first Metallica recording that's an actual recording for consumption since uh hardwired so i think that that is really really first new metallica track new metallica track released in six years which is really great we didn't talk about wood if there's any information on that and we didn't tell you tell me i don't have my glasses so i can't this is all this is a Original release by Metallica on the Mopop Founders Award honoring okay. Alice in Chains. So this is the song. Museum. This is the song they did for the Alice in Chains star-studded, superstar-studded Mopop Founders Award, which was a year and a half ago. Mastodon is on there. Uh, there are all kinds of bands who are not metal and rock bands paying tribute to them. Uh, Mark Lanigan, rest in peace, was on there. Lots and lots of people. Metallica did a cover of Wood. I think someone and this else did a cover also of Wood. assembled via Zoom. So the 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 main string on this is all of these songs were written and recorded via Zoom. Right for a band that's used to jamming in a room and coming into until ideas. They find yeah, until they find the thing. That's pretty cool. Uh, again, it'd be very interesting. We will. It'd be very interesting to see where the next Metallica album goes and what it sounds like. Because invariably part of it could not have been crafted any other way except over file sharing, ironically, and Zoom and things. <laughs> Correct. And I am going to tell you, I am antsy as hell. So right now we're going to take our break. I'll see you in 20 minutes because I'm going to take out some garbage too. I'm going to listen to this, take out the trash, and I'll be right back. Okay, then. And we are now officially back. Uh, for those of you listening to this on the podcast, I apologize for the 30 to 45 seconds of silence. You needed to watch the YouTube video to get the full effect of us making metal faces and throwing up the horns while bobbing our heads. I do recommend it. It's worth no one's time. It's but, not a mistake. Hopefully we didn't lose everybody at this point. So we just finished listening to the Metallica Blackened 2020, and I will point out for everyone on YouTube, I did get my anti-static inner sleeve ready to go. It's, uh, I did make a little bit of an etiquette fail. I did not clean the record before putting it on. It was pretty, yeah, also, I bled up, give it a big blow, but it was, uh, it was a little dusty. A little dusty, like, and uh, like I said, a little surprised that Metallica's vinyl doesn't come with the Mylar, but, you know, they should know better. Yeah, they should. They should. They should. It, it did come with a slip map, though. That is fucking cool. And they supposedly that is in line with Metallica merch. Like they will their fan club stuff, the fan cans back in the day. 
they do strive to give you extra. I was not promised a slip mat, whether I use it or not. Um, I think no, at the very that's really cool. I do have I have a bit of like I said a concern. I have um, filtration air in my apartment, so I'm always worried about extra dust, not just dust, but yeah, I hear you, extra dust. So like I I, I have like a little felty mat on my uh, acrylic turntable that I keep before I put a record on it. See, my turntable has a cover, so I don't need that. I um, do too, but just in case anybody questions, do not use a felty mat on your turntable. Right. They cause extra static, and the static is where you get 80 to 90% of the pops and buzzes. Mm. So keep that in mind. So let's discuss the music a little bit. First, before we get to the actual songs, what did you think of the quality of the pressing? I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know, I was a little concerned here with the shape that my vinyl is in. But um, I, you know, it sounded pretty good to my ears. I think your ears are a little more finely attuned. I do have actual legitimate hearing loss in my right ear from years of drummers on my right side mm. as me on the bassist smashing hey, uh, those chinas and hi-hats into my fucking eardrum. I but, have a little uh, bit of hearing loss due to the fact that my ears just put out so much wax to the point where I have to actually get it medically taken care of. So Jesus. Yeah, it's it's awful. It's awful being me. It's not. It's actually pretty great to be me. But that's besides the point. The I would say this is a really high quality pressing metallic's pressing plant does really well. I have most of my Metallica music on the blackened label. Uh, my Metallica vinyl is primarily on the blackened label and I have never had a single complaint and I don't have any on this one. This one might have been a little bit noisy. Yeah, that might have been just because it's a little bit dusty. So not as it's not as clean as I would like. So but I, I will say we'll definitely call this a high quality, good sounding pressing. The I did listen to mine on headphones so I could get the most immersive experience I could, even though the bass in my headphones is not as good as the bass in my speakers. But I also wanted to be able to listen to it loud so I could hear everything. <clears throat> the I thought it was interesting how it was panned. James's vocals are panned to both channels. Lars's drums are panned on one on the left side, along with Kirk's guitar. Trujillo's bass is also panned on both sides, and James's guitar is panned to the right. And I don't know what kind of he was playing all acoustic on this one. I don't know what that guitar was, but holy hell, that is a great sounding, great sounding guitar. That guitar is. Uh, Could know. be anything. I believe he's an endorsed Ovation guitarist. Is he? It wouldn't surprise um, me. But they also have endorsements from, you know, Les Paul, Gibson, Les Paul, and Epiphone as well. And um, and Hammett has been playing ESPs for a very long time. So has Hetfield. Hetfield's been playing so, ESPs, well, since, ESPs for uh, yeah, Load. Yeah, before Load, before Black Album. Um, yeah, man. Um, sounded good. I enjoyed them. I do have some thoughts on each track. And well, Let's now... start with the studio track. Right. What I noticed most of all and this is just my my ear and what I listen for. Kirk's guitar solos were very different. If if the photos on the inner sleeve are to be believed, and my ear says yes, 
he was using his 1959 Gibson Les Paul standard to play this one. Yep. What uh, the quality of that guitar also is, I mean, that's one of the greatest guitars literally on the planet, period. It's probably a top 20 sounding guitar in the world. Then couple that with like James putting a guitar in a extremely talented master's hands and you get just that sound. He also completely changed up the solos. Uh, the solos are not remotely the same things as he played on Injustice for All or plays live, which was uh, interesting. I don't know how I would really describe it. It is definitely not that shreddy guitar style. It is definitely not his bluesier style when he wants to go that route. It, uh, it was interesting. It was really cool. And it really set, it really fit the reimagining of this song. And yes, I'm glad you said the words reimagining because that's the first thing that came into my mind. So here's James getting his country yayas out, turning this incredible only, thrash only metal just, song. Only just. The chorus is extremely Nashville, dude. It's like right. very, his voice got a twang. I didn't hear it. To begin, weapon dance of the dead. That's what I heard. Like, I don't know about you. I want to marry my whores. And Ooh. I heard a lot of that. And so, which I like. Um, here's a fun little factoid from Keefe History. I mentioned a few pods ago in the Robert series when I saw Metallica on a Thursday night and Page and Plant on a Friday. And the shows were night and day based on my enjoyment. And I walked out on Metallica's encore because they came out with un acoustic guitars and were doing unplugged Metallica songs. They did, I did unplugged not... for horsemen. <clears throat> I didn't. That's when I walked out. I was like, and now I'm done. Not and... forever. I'm done tonight. I don't want this incredible night to be ruined by an unplugged for horsemen. Now that was me in 1997 when I was like 25, it was 20, you know, whatever. Whatever right. year it was, I'm I I walked out of the show, not I out of Metallica. Walked out because it would have saved me three hours in the parking lot. That also it also would have saved me the seven minutes of that song, which was well, yeah, just brutal, song. just brutal, brutal way to end the show, and not an enjoyable thing for me. Now that being said, I highly enjoyed this. Um, I shouldn't, Agreed. but I do. It wasn't. And, it wasn't riffy either. It's not it's it's completely transformed from the track that it is in our hearts and minds to this new experience, which is what I think James and Lars clearly wanted a new, you know, to how do we approach this thing, you know, based on the limitations, because also like, let's also be honest, you could you could record yourself like everybody else does in their rooms like uh, Machine Head is on YouTube and Facebook and TikTok and Twitch every week jamming in their jam room. Mm -hmm at loud volumes and it's you know it's fun the fun is at 11. the quality i wouldn't put those that that out uh like for release because the quality is not high so i think the unplugged thing served many levels serves them for the pandemic serves them for a home recording serves them in a way that the music is forgiving and high up to their standard of quality it also um, worked really well for roger waters when his band redid mother oh that's cool i am not aware of that that's very cool I only recently watched it finally, and it's it's actually oh. maybe the best version of Mother you'll hear. I will have to check that out. This does not include David Gilmore's guitar solo. I highly doubt it. That is my favorite, but like I'll check it out. On Mother? Um, 
the guitar solo on Mother. Yeah. It's incredible. I don't even remember. Okay, I don't remember it. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just saying it didn't it didn't stick for me. But, but yeah, so I yeah, I, so I, I really dug this beautifully, you know, pristine recording. James great singing, like despite my jokes about country, sang it well. Lars played very understated, hard for him to do. Let's face it. And um, I think in a nice tribute to Jason, the bass was turned way down. <laughs> I don't know. The bass could be louder, but you know, Robert is kind of an overplayer. And to be fair, kind of. The way you remember the bass line of Blackened Live, like the Binge and Purge, mm -hmm. when the bass is not turned down, mm -hmm. the bass is more of a melding of the rhythm guitars and the bass together anyway. They overlap each other right. in a sonic way. So, you know, Trujillo playing as a fingerstyle bassist, playing fingerstyle, you get a much more warm tone, um, and especially in this ballad, you know, ballad form. There's no other way to say it in a ballad form. You know, you hear more bass in general, but also like he didn't overplay, unlike what I thought he would be like noodling or, you know, just, you know, extra musical music, concrete things. You don't hear his fingers hit too hard on the pickups. Like it's just perfectly delicate and, and well done. Yes. Agreed. And it's it's kind of like a nothing else matters country version of blackened in a way because it's the now, same kind of aesthetics to me your ear is better for this than mine is was that back to e standard um i don't know that's a the good question melody sounded a little more like because once they went down to e flat they started playing everything in e flat which... and and i think eventually they will play everything someday in d because and and see because James's voice, his range is you know just you're not I'm not sixty but like I can't do the things that I could do when I was half this age. Correct. And so, neither can he. Um, and you know, Led Robert Plant and when Led Zeppelin reformed, they played everything in D and not E flat, which was fine. Led know, Zeppelin before. did never reform. You were thinking of Page of Plant, but uh, no, I'm talking about uh, Celebration Day. Oh, yeah, sure. Everything was deep. Yeah, of course. How could it not be? There would be no way for him to sing, hit those notes. Correct. Um, but any case, uh, really good on side A. Now, I have many questions about side B. And, and, side uh, B, is, there, there are things about, yeah. All right. Let's so let's just talk about the, the, the live. Yeah, the flip it over. And so the live blackened, which, again, was recorded live in concert. On now. On the on Zoom, yeah, but I mean, like they were performing yeah. live as opposed right. to so just to just for context, Black in 2020 was recorded individually and then made into a track by Metallica and Greg Fiddleman, Correct. Greg the Great Clipper Fiddleman, and so no from Death Magnetic, blade. from Death Magnetic, so Greg the protege of uh, Rick Rubin. So, so again, not live. The first, the first, this it is a studio, legitimate studio right, recording. A studio composition. Blackened live, black in 2020 live, that same version done live. I have questions. Um, why is there banjo in the live version? Why is there banjo? And how is there banjo if there's only four of them? Correct. How are there 
double-tracked or triple-tracked vocals when only James is listed as vocal singing. Was wondering that, I'd have that to go back and see if Kirk and Robert are singing. No, they're not. Because they I, can't do that. I only hear James, and I hear James at least double-tracking, if not triple-tracking. I heard sense. triples. So that's fine. Metallica does not use backing tracks in the typical Metallica you know, setting. And in this setting, to make the tracks kind of coalesce well, and sound like each other, I can see it. Honestly, for the majority of Metallica's history, they've had really shitty backup singers. Because Jason has been out of the band for over 20 years. Mm. And in the first you know, 16, 17 years of the band, both Jason and both Cliff, both Jason and Cliff, could back up James well. And then Kirk would try to back him up on things like Nothing Else Matters, and he would just ruin it because he can't say He sings like me. Let's he can shout ideas. along. He can do a gang vocal. Robert has improved. I know somebody part, like very well who hates Trujillo in Metallica, wishes every day something would happen where he's not the bassist I anymore. I just wish he wouldn't sing backups because his backups are awful. He tries, he's doing a pastiche of Jason's backup vocals. So it's I mean, that's what's expected of him. But yeah, I understand. It's he's not, it's not his forte. So I can understand why they would have, in this instance, on what is a bit of a pretty tune. Right. Um, but yeah, so they use a little use, bit of they, cheating on that. There's a little cheating it. on this one. However, that being said, it's pretty good. I am it's still a, confused about the banjo. I, why yeah well i mean like i said there's there's definitely a solo james record coming someday that's going to be all dulcimer banjo washboard um spurs on the ground like oh, <laughs> like it's so coming gonna, so he's going to go straight up robert plant he's going to go straight up david vincent of morbid angel and do a country record he's not going to go rob he's going to no. go right past americana into I choose sort of to this believe that I, I choose not to good that country Vincent, that David Vincent album does not exist. You cannot convince me. You cannot make me hear it. He loves that not. stuff, but anyway, no, that's so, fine. But I don't want to hear him doing it. In in terms of a live track, given on this, I'm not mad at it. I'll say I, that you might be. I'm not. I'm not mad. I do question. The only thing that I can say for certain that was live on that track, and 100. percent is Kirk's guitar. <laughs> I mean, they play, I mean, it was performed like, I have to believe it's live. Like, okay. they performed it live, and I think they had the aid of extra tracks augmenting the, the performance. The solo was very sloppy. Well, that's Kirk live anyway. He's very sloppy. Right. So, I wouldn't say I, I would say the last three or four times I've seen Metallica. Lars was far less sloppy than Kirk, which is mind-blowing. That's unfortunate. And also and, a credit to Lars, because he was excellent yes, the last bunch of times I've seen him. So the solo was sloppy. The vocals, there was nothing sour. I mean, they, they were perfection. So I, I wonder. I, I have questions about that. So it, is it bad? No. Is it necessary? No. It would have been cooler if it were a different song, because the two versions apart from the banjo, are pretty darn close. They're very because, close. But I mean, that's Metallica. Metallica's that's... live, even when they're drunk, and even when they were drunk and crazy, it was still pretty tight. Very tight. Yeah. So let's move on to the final track. 
which was a cover of Wood by Alice in Chains, originally released on the singles soundtrack. Pretty damn good Alice in Chains tune, if I'm being honest. One of their best. And I'm not a big fan of that band. Shockingly. I know. I'm an enormous fan of that band. They're in my top five ever. You know, um, you know, we are the Venn diagram and the music we listen to, it's gets really different on the outsides. Right on, right on. But what I loved about this, I mean, musically speaking, it was top notch. I mean, they crushed it. Vocally, oh, someone else should have sung it. Well, you know what? I'm going to say that, first of all, Lane has a singular voice and style and very few people can come near him secondly wood is one of the hardest songs difficulty level super duper on on wood like he literally uses all his powers oh yeah falsetto that no one can touch a deep deep resonant low bassy baritone that really growly gruff melodic scream right the main hook. I mean that. Oh, I yeah. don't... that chorus is untouchable, and also like, you know, part of the magic of Alice in Chains is the two guys singing together is right, Lane agreed. and Jerry singing in unison. It's not Jerry backing up Lane. They are singing unison lead lines in a lot of songs, right. including the verses of Wood, and then Lane kind of tears it off for the chorus and the outro, and so, you know. So this is a different approach. It's an unplugged take on a metal song, uh, unabashedly metal, one of the most metal songs Alice in Chains ever had. And uh, despite how tuneful it is and how great the vocals are, and James is carrying it by himself. It's not necessarily a tune designed for him to succeed at vocally. That being said, I think James made really smart choices with his singing where he wasn't trying to imitate Lane, good. He wasn't trying to copy Lane note for note, especially some of the high range stuff that James cannot hit. Really smart. Mm -hmm. It almost sounded like, I listened to it twice. So actually I think Wood is the best track on here. And I I listened to it twice. And it's really, really, it's it's pretty great actually. It just could have had a better vocal performance. I think Kirk, is actually playing Jerry's vocal lines on guitar during the verses. Go back and listen to it. And Kirk is playing sort of, James is doing sort of a jangly Django version of the verse. And instead of playing the second guitar part, that's part of the song that Jerry plays throughout these harmonized guitar parts, he's actually doing Jerry's, vocal lines slightly okay. like he's okay. covering this the space um neither robert or kirk should attempt to sing backup on this song so good job correct and considering that this drum part is also sean kinney is one of the most unique and uh specialized drummers in the world he did all these incredible middle eastern and indian beats on, on the drums across all allison chain stuff a little bit on the first record facelift a lot on dirt and the self-titled record and less so now but lars also did not try to necessarily play the exact same beat for beat sean kinney parts but he held down another another reimagining and i yeah and i think they reimagined it very well there were just a few 
sour bits out of James's mouth, which it's going to happen. Hard to do. Hard to do. Would have been kind of novel and cool to have Jerry on the track with them because Jerry then could have done his parts and also also played the solo. I mean, they've recorded together. They're buddies. Mm -hmm. They've toured together. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't but, be surprised when Metallica does a proper headline tour that Jerry's solo band ends up becoming an opener for them, or Alice in Chains would be a yeah, again, or Alice in Chains would be a very worthy uh, agreed agreed opener for Metallica. They Chains is heading back on tour this summer. Metallica, I imagine, will finally get to do a full fledged tour instead of these little one off things. Mm-hmm. Uh, this summer and because they're doing a European festival circuit. So next fall or the year after. So very excellent to me, almost yeah, pretty much an excellent cover despite a couple of things. And definitely the, the to me worth having this for just for that. I, I agree. And I think we, let's, let's wrap this up a little bit. Cause yeah, yeah. We could go all night if we don't, we're going long and, and we got another one of these to do tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, Back to the I, regular series. My com- my complaint is still, I didn't need two versions of Black and either yeah. one of them would have been fine. Something else would have been cool. And but you know, the, for the first one in the first one of the year, got a slip map, got really good packaging, a really neat uh, rendition of the cover art. This is a this is definitely a good start for twenty twenty two for me. Let me ask you one last question because I want to get this in. What is the value of having this at 45? From what Instead I understand, 45 has better sound. I okay. don't know if that's true, but that is what people say. Listeners out there, if any of you know, I know we're supposed to be the experts, but really we're just learning as we go. And you are much more of an expert than I. If anyone out there, in the sound or of our voice or watching this on the Glacially Musical YouTube, please, if you have some feedback on this, or maybe we'll put this up on Twitter with the feedback, a poll, maybe. If you have some idea about this, let us know. Because honestly, I didn't need this as a 45 speed. Why is this, like, why are you making me adjust my turntable to listen to it? Annoying. But I'm I'm also... Oh, you, do you, does yours have but, the one where you got to pull the... I have to pull the, uh, pull the band and adjust everything. It's the U, oh. I have the U-turn audio. I love it. But it is a hindrance when it comes mine to is just, I cannot is, quickly. I cannot quickly switch. You have a button. That's what I asked earlier. I cannot quickly switch between speeds. I have a whole to do. So it took me a few minutes, and then I listened to it, and then I went and downloaded it and listened to Wood one more time here, which is when you saw me come back on the video. I'm going to say that so far, I have definitely got my money's worth for this very first one. We'll see in future months how that goes. Correct. I imagine we'll, this is this is late March, so I think we got this ahead of schedule, in my opinion. No, that was the schedule they were shooting for. That was the so we so we're gonna time. say late June for the next late one June, or June. yeah, Juneish. So we'll see in June what the June one is. They have set the bar very high on the packaging and the good cover, and I don't hate the black in twenty twenty. Uh, younger me might have. So that's my final Same. word on this. I, I completely agree. This is the the music of an elder band, kind of living through their elder they're they're living the elder statesman life that you know when you look back at metallica they've always talked about we wanted to live the excess we wanted to be the metal band we wanted to do this we wanted to do that and now they're in the next phase of their career and frankly they could be we're we're, we're entering end game for metallica 
So I don't want to think about it. I do feel like they have, we discussed this on the Metallica pod. I feel like they can do 10 more years and make it to 50. We'll see. I feel like it if they want to, they, you know, if they want to, they can get, they can get two more albums if and a it, lot more touring. If it is 10 more years, we're still talking about the last 20% of your career. That's true. So we, I'm, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stick with my point. We are probably in the end game for Metallica. We will be lucky to get, if it goes 10 more years, we'll be lucky to get two more records. And frankly, that's a big part of why I did this because I want to get everything that's coming out going forward. This is a, a truly, they will go even, down and even a deluxe Lulu. Oh God, I would love that. Horrible. I hope there's no extra tracks. Anyway, take us home, Nick. So this is a great start to the 2022 Metallica Vinyl Subscription Club. I am rather pleased with what happened with what's going on so far. It is two of the same song, but then we got a bonus cover as well. So kind of makes up for that, in my opinion. But so far, not bad. I am excited for what's coming next. This for Kifi Chakas. This is Nick Cameron. This has been the Glacier Musical Podcast. It does not play in Peoria.